0: and now
1: weighing in out of the blue corner
0: josh the punk thompson
1: 100 and on the
0: other mic he weighs in, in. from the red corner big sean nice. well once again we are back at you the weighing in podcast josh the punk tossed to thompson oh. podcast dave on the controls and I am sitting here in my little studio, ready to talk about all of the happenings that had occurred during the last week. We got other things coming up, some more fights on different fight cards, but we got a lot to talk about with the passing of time. And now all the comments of what has occurred from UFC 264, Josh Thompson, how are you doing? Back from Calabasas, how was your trip?
1: (laughs) It was amazing. <laughs> had a great time. Uh, Brendan even talked about it a little bit today on his um, below the belt segment and his fighter and kid. I mean, sorry, uh, great stuff. I'm gonna have podcast digs. Still a clip from that, and we'll get that up as well. But I-, I thought we had some good feedback. I was actually, you know, me, I'm a homer when it comes to reading the comments because I'm an idiot. So that's okay. really what it let's, comes let's down to. Let's just go with that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then I was funny. I was telling Brendan and uh, and Bradley, and I was telling them. I was say, hey, like, um, I'm. I read the comments. They're like. What? Bradley was like, Bradley was like yeah, he's, I read them all the time too. And Brennan's like, why? Like, why the fuck would you read the comments? I'm like, but I think to myself, I'm like, why do so many people in not just Brendan's uh, comment section, but mine as ours as well? It's like, if they, why do you, I can't believe people take their time out of their day to write a freaking paragraph about how much people suck, but yet they still watch every week. It's the same <laughs> exactly people. They just, the same people. I'm like, baffled. Yeah, I'm by I
0: smart. I, I just have my wife gives me Cliff Notes because she'll sit there and she reads stuff and then she'll, she'll she'll give me the Cliff Notes on certain ones. And I just laugh. Yeah.
1: All right, guys. But before we jump into this, Connor, uh, fallout and backlash and all the other things that come along with it, let's go ahead and click the link in the descriptions for the Cliffs Channel and subs. We're trying to get our Clips Channel back up, or not back up, but trying to get the – the uh, Subscriptions up on it. We just started it probably about two weeks ago. So we're trying to get those those follows up as well. So hit that. Smash the like button right now to keep the shows coming. Also hit that little like button, that little thumbs up, and then click the bell to stay notified on when we drop our shows. We do drop our shows at different times based on the um, graphics and the deck and stuff that we put together weekly to make sure that we're um, optimizing the right times in which people are tuning into us. So make and sure you're giving you guys the best that product that we can. Come on. We try, man. We're trying our hardest. I got to tell you, man. It's been fun. We're doing a great job, and I'm enjoying what we're doing, John. I'm, I've been having a blast doing this. Someone – it's so funny. I see it all the time. Someone says, John, dump Josh, man. Get somebody else or do it solo. But for the first time, I saw someone tell me today in the conversation, get rid of – not on Twitter. Get rid of John and do it solo or get somebody else. There you go. Get and rid I, of I it. just said – I said, finally, if someone really likes what I do.
0: <laughs> that was my <laughs> mother. Like,
1: finally that was your mom i was like finally somebody appreciates me no but then i just I commented back i'm like um i just said come on man john's my ride or die dog (laughs) him him and podcast dave fruity pebbles over there this guy i love it my little scottish boy like what are those little what are those little scotties right what are they called scotties those type of dogs oh man anyways well, let's jump. Uh, let's jump into a little bit of the backlash and the fallout from uh, the Connor situation and the middle finger. The. Um, oh, there's a Dustin's, picture of that. There's, a, yeah, there's also Dustin's tape wife.
0: on what Connor was saying and all this Oof. stuff. None of it pretty. Not uh, one bit of it pretty. I, I just think it falls into. Okay, go ahead, Dave.
1: Can you talk us through it all?
2: um so i've got three you mentioned a couple more right now but um mm-hmm. the the main pieces i have um we'll, we'll, we'll start with this one so this video that um came on came out on twitter today and it kind of shows the moment in which it looks like connor's ankle broke and joe rogan has actually reposted it and said that he definitely mm-hmm. believes this is a part and it's this video right here that um you guys will see right now it's on yeah, twitter it as hits well kind of the elbow mm-hmm. yeah hits the elbow yep. and then you can see him foot comes down and then he steps back and uh As he goes to lunge in for... That's what I said when I
0: saw you could see his his foot when he went and he took a step and put pressure on it. You saw it kind of give that twitch. Just a little bit. It it acted funny and he kind of slid it sideways and then as soon as he stepped back it folded. So there was obviously you know the damage occurred in that sequence somewhere. But uh, just you know it's bad luck. It's just but it's part of fighting. It's just part of the sport and injuries are going to occur and it's you never want to see someone have an injury that's gonna put them out of the fight, but it is part of the sport. It is what happens, and there's you know, I love the fact I see everyone say, that's not a that you sh- that's not a loss, that's not a TKO, that's a, that should be a no contest. It's like, sorry people, no, this has been going on for decades. You know, that this is – you, and even if, if it's an injury caused by your opponent with a legal blow, then you're going to have a TKO. And even if it's an injury caused by you, yourself, you you take a funny step or something happens, you're the one that kicks, and, you know, your leg like, break. It's a TKO. It's a loss, and it should be, and that's – it doesn't mean, you know it, – it, it. Josh, what is it about people where they get so – up and riled about fights thinking that the loss of a fight is the end of a life it's not if you lose a fight and that's the worst thing that happens to you in your life and i say it to fighters all the time you've got a great freaking life okay it's not that big a deal it's yes you go you give your best and if things don't turn out and you lose or you lose in this situation write it off come back do it again, heal yourself up, whatever, but it's not the end of the world, man. No. I mean, Connor made, let's just say I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna lowball it, say he made ten million. Oh, you lowballed yeah, it. Yeah, I did. I heard I heard yes. he made twenty. I already yes. he made twenty. But um <clears throat> regardless, no matter what happens moving on forward, like he's gonna look back on this and not gonna give I mean, like sure it's gonna eat him up that he lost, you know, to Dustin Poirier twice. It was a weird situation. I'm in no way making any excuses for him. I know that I got a lot of backlash on the fact that I'm like, well, he's because there's a lack of training. You've got to make sure you densify your bones and you're working, kicking the pads, hitting hitting the bag, all those things. He hasn't been that active, you know? And everyone kept throwing out a bunch of other stuff that can't be verified, you know, on why his bones are brittle and all this other stuff. But the I don't bottom is his bones is, are brittle yeah. his
0: bones hit a, a hard bone, an elbow. Yeah. And yeah. you put enough steam on it, it can crack the bone. So I, I, can, in no way, like here's the other thing as
1: well. As in no way am I defending his actions and how he handled this fight. And I know he's done stuff in the past. I'm in no way defending any of that. I am. I would say I'm not a Conor fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of like what he's done for the sport. I'm not. I'm not so much like a Conor fan. Like Brennan Schaub is. Is he? You're not he loves a fan calling. of
0: the. You're not a fan of the fighter. You're nah. a fan of what the fighter has achieved.
1: Yes. And here's the thing is actually, I'm not a fan of him as a person. I'm actually a fan of the fighter. I'm actually more of a fan of the fighter, the guy who competes. I'm okay with that Um, because that's to be respected for all fighters. I don't give a shit if you're making 20 million or if you're you're making, you know, low end 10 grand or five grand or whatever it is down there. Yeah. You're not making shit. I mean, I just, I have that respect for that person there in terms of being a fighter and getting in there. It takes a lot. You know all the people on the bar stools at home talking shit. It just it drives me crazy. But it's like he just kind of got it shining on and whatever. Um, I think I think this is exactly where he broke his leg. You know, maybe he had some damage before. And I heard that John Cavanaugh came out and said that he had, you know, he had tweaked his ankle, whatever before. But I don't. It, it looked it was two broken bones. So regardless of all that, I mean, and it, it wasn't can his ankle that broke. Yeah, no, it, was, it, was, it, was it was right was above. above. Yeah, um, he broke the fibula and the tibia. So which just... It's nasty. And you could tell after he kicked the elbow, he switched stance because it hurt him. He didn't want to have that leg up front. And then on top of that, when he stepped in, you could see the leg was already flopping around. Yeah, it was kind of, it was bending, kind of yeah. like a little bit of and a his, limp his noodle. It
0: kind of went a little sideways because yep. of the pain of it. You could see it. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's right there. And he's trying yep. to cover it. And he's doing exactly what a fighter does. He's trying to cover out that something's wrong. It doesn't feel right. And then he, when he takes the big step back and puts a lot of weight on it. It just goes. Can happen. Yeah.
1: I thought it was great though that uh Eric Nixik he basically said his mom pointed this out. I was like, Oh, that's That's,
0: awesome. that's why Eric Nixick's such a good coach. He gets coached by his mom.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> so great It runs in the family. I think it's great. Yeah. Oh man. Uh what else, Dave, in part of this backlash and fallout?
2: Um, so the next the next piece was from my uh, coach Kavanaugh. He did an interview, I think it was on the Mac Life and um he said that basically he thinks Connor was on his way to getting a finish in the fight um, and he basically said towards the end of that that first round Connor was looking on point well
1: John was just telling me a second going to go that the two judges had it a 10-8 round which I didn't think it was a 10-8 round uh, and I'm not going to rip into the judges but I mean they saw what they saw but it wasn't a 10-8 round um, I've never seen a round like that that was ruled a 10-8 round i mean he didn't get dropped he was i mean wasn't scoring that way to be honest so uh, i didn't see that uh connor was landing some good elbows from the bottom as well and dustin landed some great elbows from the top so i thought it was a 10-9 round regardless but um what did you think john Kavanaugh was gonna say <laughs> oh <laughs> the, yeah the, he was fucking he was getting dominated and crushed it wasn't the game plan this is not what
0: yeah. we expected we were going after something completely different of course he's gonna yeah. say it that's, that's his guy yeah, and yeah there's yeah. nothing right here it's real simple interview mike brown and see what he says yeah <laughs> okay I bet, say it, is I bet it doesn't match what john kavanaugh says and that's that's okay john kavanaugh's guy is connor and he's gonna stick with his guy and he's gonna say hey we were we were doing exactly what we wanted and we were getting ready for the second round okay he if if the leg didn't go he would have made it to the second round and we would have seen you know more fighting and something you know could have happened that was good for him. Could have ended up being bad for him. We're never going to know. It didn't happen. But yeah. to sit there and to expect John Cavanaugh to say anything different, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, absolutely insane. There's just no way. I'm mean, like, if you have coaches that start saying stuff like that, odds are that relationship gets burst real quick. Yeah. So you, you wouldn't expect him to say anything else. So he, I think he just did what a great coach does and just... You know, basically said, hey, you know what? It's kind of what we had thought. You know, like, hey, maybe in the first round, Dust's gonna come out, and get the takedown, and try to get us and hold us on our back. You know, I wanted to see Connor try to work more to his feet. He didn't really start trying to do that towards the end of the round. Like he kept pulling guard. He kind of was okay with hanging out there with the Khabib mm-hmm. situation. He kept putting his back to the fence and trying to get up. I don't understand why he didn't try to go back to that because he was a lot harder to hold down in that fight versus Khabib. And I can tell you, I mean, like being a fan of Dustin and being in training with Khabib before. Khabib's not easy to get back up, you know? And so he, Connor was able to do it a couple times. So I don't understand why, what his focus was on just hanging out in the guard. Dustin's got good hip pressure, good pressure, but
0: top pressure. But I, I, didn't, know, I didn't. I don't see. know if he was just hanging out in the guard. He was doing a great job of sticking his fingers and holding onto a glove and <laughs> kicking up at Dustin's face. Hey. Dustin called it. He did do it. But Connor has done things in the past where he cheats. You ain't, cheating, you ain't trying man. that's it you ain't, you ain't, cheating, cheating, you ain't, ain't trying. trying and stuff you and know the thing is the
1: way it is just, that's it, for herb to catch when i say that 50 percent of the fans in our comments are gonna love it and 50 percent are gonna hate me so it, it's, that's, it's that's just where a, we're at right now but
0: it's just a fact of life when you are know, and i i used to say it to fighters all the time look you know i i understand if you ain't cheating you ain't trying it's my job to make Ooh. sure that you can't cheat you know that's just the way it is and it's uh you know, I don't blame him. You know, there's times when as a referee, you're going to see those things and there's times you're not going to see it, you know, and there's, there's those times it happens. And you try to make things as fair as you can, but it was, uh, you know, I don't, I don't blame Connor for it. And I don't look at him like he's a bad guy for it. He's not a bad guy. He's just yeah. trying to win a fight.
1: What else you got for us, Dave?
2: Um, last thing I have from the follow-up from this fight is just, uh, Ronda Rousey's comments, um, She came out and said, I'm amazed that as soon as you hit the ground, you were already promoting the next fight, Notorious. I def wouldn't have had the mind to do that. The other fighters, UFC and media, are lucky to have you. And then Conor just thanked her for her message.
1: So, John, you disagreed a little bit, I don't know, uh, when we first started this before the before we got on air. We were talking about it. What was your thought when you first heard that?
0: You know, my thought was that I read it differently than you read it, honestly. I think it's the it's the way that you take it, and to say, you know, th- what Rhonda is saying, I I kind of agree. After listening to you and what you were saying, I, you know, how you you were you were looking at it, saying, she's looking at it like, man, it's amazing that a guy is doing exactly what we hear certain people. And you brought up Chael, saying, man, well, you, when you're in that cage, your job is to promote, and that the fact that, you know, yeah, his leg broke, he knew the fight was over. But from that moment, he was already saying, you know, things about, you know, this isn't over. You know, we're going to have another one and stuff. And that's what she's talking about and telling other fighters, look, these are your moments in time. You need to think about them and you need to be doing what he's doing. I'll I'll give it to you. I'll I'll agree with that. My problem is some of the things that he did and the way he did it, I don't agree with. And, And it's not that I don't like the person. I like the person. I just don't like the method sometimes or the line that he'll cross in getting those messages out.
1: Yeah, I agree I agree with you on that portion of it we talked about on the last show. I said I thought it was very classless on the way he approached it, especially after talking about, you know, Dustin's wife being in the DMs and all the other stuff that was apparently said. Yeah, there was a video backstage of them and then something about like. You know, I heard, I heard there was like a gun sign like this or something like that saying he was going to kill her or whatever. It was like there was a video going around. Someone was trying to send it to me, but I didn't want to open it. You don't know what it is. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, um, but regardless of, of all that situation, what we talked about with Rhonda, when her her tweet, I got a, I had to agree with her. And that's why I had to put it to you. I'm like, look, the mindset is at every moment you get the mic in front of you, that's your chance to promote yourself. Doing it on Twitter, sure, that's great for all the fans that you know are MMA fans, but the people that are in the arena or the people that just so happened to tune in that night because they're at a friend's house and the fights were on or like, hey, everyone's coming over and they never really watched the fights before, now you have an opportunity just to gain fans. And, and whether he won fans or people hated him even more, the next time he fights or if he does fight Dustin again, they're either going to want to see him win and get it back or they want to see him get knocked out and lose again. And so all he's done now is promoted that next fight. And that's something that Chael constantly talks about when we, when we talk to him, he hates when fighters win a fight. Like, oh yeah, whoever put, whoever Scott Coker uh, puts in front of me, I'm willing to fight him or whoever Dana White, you know, asked me to fight. No man, have an idea of who you want. And that was one thing I never did. I never said like, except for when it was Gilbert, I was like, yeah, I know I'm next in line. I want that title shot. You know what I mean? I got that part of it all. But when you're coming up, Start talking about the fighters you want to fight. Sugar Sean, let me get let me get Cody Garbron, or let me get whoever else it was that he wanted to fight. Let me get that fight. I mean, it makes sense, right? If you're not in the top ten or you're, you're just trying to break into the top ten, start calling out those top ten or those top fifteen fighters. You got to do something to make a splash. You know, be careful what you wish for. Sometimes you're going to get those top fifteen and top tens, and you know, and they're gonna they're gonna put it on you. But in this situation. His leg is broken, both legs. I mean, both bones in his leg are broken, you know, and he's laying there having an argument with Dustin and yapping at the wife. And but at the, the end of the, of the from the very beginning, Joe said, I'm thinking to myself, why are you doing the interview right now? But he didn't let the he didn't let the moment escape him. He said, this is not done. We are not done. This is not settled. We are going to fight again. That right there already sets the stage for the millions of people. Yeah, exactly. That
0: part's okay, but that's not all he said. No, I got you what you're saying. And this is where you look and you go, okay, and and I've made the mistake. Bellator's made the mistake. The UFC has made the mistake. Sometimes you got to figure, do you want to interview that fighter? Do you want to stick a mic in front of the fighter's face when, you know, let's be honest, at this moment, you know, all of the adrenaline—it's starting to run out, and the pain's starting to come on. Oh yeah, a- and and you know, Connor's feeling it, and so. Are you expecting to get a you know this great interview and stuff? And he's going to say great things. It's like eh, it's probably not. You know, it's the same thing that happened when you know Rumble Johnson wins the fight, but he got hurt in that fight, and he got almost finished in that fight, and he got hit with a big shot. And he was concussed, and I I come in and I say, you know, I'm asking him questions about being hurt, and he's like, I didn't get hurt, and you go, uh-oh, I screwed up. Yeah, you know, and it's like, you, you these are the situations. You, sometimes you gotta look and say it's better not to interview. There are those. Yeah, but times. Rumble won the fight. That's the problem. You have to, you <laughs> kind of have to interview the guy who won the fight. I agree, <laughs> you know, but it's it's one of those that's tough. In this situation, you know, it's like Joe sitting down there, and I don't blame Joe at all. Joe is told you know, yep. by you know his his producer you know interview connor and they have connor set up to be interviewed and stuff and so he's he's got to go over there and do it but it's are are you going to get you know are you going to get good are you going to get bad are you going to get a combination it's a tough one it's a tough call you know, i thought they as, got
1: a little bit of good and a little bit of bad oh, i yeah. thought they got a little bit of good and a lot of bad yeah, <laughs> that's really that's, what, it that's came about down what to. i would
0: say you yeah, know yeah. i thought some of it was good there was a whole lot that came out in that. that was just nasty yeah. and not good for the brand. Well, there's not, that not picture.
1: Go ahead. There's the picture of Dustin's wife flipping him off.
0: Yeah, no, she walked no, no. No, then, no, 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 no. She was not flipping him off. She was telling she him She was, was telling him he's number
1: one. Yeah. <laughs> I look at it's that just, though is like is as, as her cheating on Dustin then. She's <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm kidding, guys. Yeah. Some of you guys are literally going to like say, like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, overall, like the, the, the beginning portion of this this conversation started based off of the, the tweet by Ronda Rousey. I just want the young fighters to know, or all the fighters that are making their run right now, never let that moment pass you by because you will never have a bigger audience than you do when you're in the center of that cage after a fight, whether you won or lost it's take that chance to start building your next fight even if you've lost and they're ready to talk to you and you just say hey guess what i got to get back on track guess who i want my next victim to be i want it to be this guy
0: whoever it is get your you know and that just pumps it up but let's look at this and let's be let's you know be realistic in what we're looking at who's dustin's next fight is it connor no it's obviously going to be charles Oliveira. all right we'll say that he beats charles and i'm not saying that's what's going to happen we'll see for the Benefit of this, we're gonna say Dustin beats Charles. So we'll say that fight happens in four months, and then we'll say that you know there's another five months, and you've got Connor now back. You can't put Connor against him. No, you can't. It doesn't make sense. You know I don't care what you know Dana's saying. Yo, know, you know this this fight didn't it wasn't finished. You know that that's not the way you want to finish a fight. Well, of course it's not the way you want to see a fight finish. You didn't want to see Anderson Silva. Break his leg on Chris Weidman's leg. You didn't want to see Chris see Chris Weidman break his leg on Uriah Hall. These things happen though, and right now Connor's in a position. He's one in three in his last four fights. He's lost two times in a row to Dustin. You can't put him in a championship fight. It just it doesn't no. doesn't make any sense at all. And even as you know the. They do a great job of controlling media and what's media says. Even ESPN, look at, you know, they, they have Stephen A. Thompson. They're like bringing him into the UFC's broadcast. Stephen A. Smith. Don't, <laughs> don't, 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 don't do that to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> don't sorry. do that to me. First off, I apologize to Wonderboy yes. for what yeah. I just
1: He <laughs> You just used but my last game, too. Uh, I'm going to smash
0: you for that. <laughs> you got, that. Stephen A. Smith, he's not going to let that go. He, he would be all over that. Yeah. You know, and so you that's the fight you can't even make right now. Now, if Dustin loses to Charles, maybe you got a different situation. You know, Maybe you can make that fight again. But it really depends on what happens between Dustin and Charles. Mm -hmm. That's the real question on can you make that fight happen again?
1: Yeah. I mean, it would only happen, I believe, if if Dustin didn't win the title. I can't imagine coming off of, what is it, three losses now in a row, him coming in and getting a title shot? I mean, it's not three think, losses in a row. It's three, oh, that's he, right. He, I keep, keep forgetting about the Cowboy fight. You, exactly. I keep, I keep forgetting about the Cowboy fight. I'm getting murdered in the comments about that every single time, too. Like, as a <laughs> oh, friend, I he, he had not fought in, like, three Just years. Just because right. I
0: said Steven Thompson of ESPN. Yeah. yeah, that's on you. You <laughs> threw
1: me off. You threw my, my mindset off. It was,
0: it's my fault. I apologize.
1: Oh. Uh, what else you got for us, Dave? All
2: right, you ready to jump into Bellator?
1: Yeah, let's jump into the Bellator fight card this weekend. All
2: right, so we got... um. Bellator 262 this Friday, mm-hmm. Mohegan Sun.
1: Okay. um, I'm going to be honest, John. It's not a great card. It's not a great card, but there are some sneaky good fights in it. There's yeah. a couple of good fights that are in there. There's, you know, not,
0: um, there's not a lot of what people would look at as big names that yeah. they recognize and stuff like that, but there are some really good fighters mm-hmm. and some good matchups in here. So I expect it to be a fun night of fights with some good fights going on. Yep.
1: Yep, yep. Um, what, fights stand out, what fights stand out to you the most?
0: You know, well, I'm going to go straight up. I think that the matchup between the champion and Juliana Velasquez against Denise Keel it's, it's an interesting matchup. Look, Denise Keelholtz is 47-3 and three in kickboxing, all right? She was phenomenal. She's been a multi-time world champion in all different uh, organizations. Uh, her What she's done since coming into MMA and basically now putting her kickboxing aside is, she was trying to do both and and we both know it's yeah. usually not going to you know end well because they just you it just doesn't match up. You no. can't train in one and train in the other and think that you can do both and be good at both. It's not going to happen. She put her kickboxing to the side, said I'm I'm done with that. I'm going to be an MMA fighter. And in her last couple of fights, she's looked fantastic. She's you know, she's called Miss Dynamite. She's got power for a small women's yeah. fighter. She has got power, and she's got speed. She hits hard. She's, you know, knocked out Kate Jackson. She, you know, she hurt her other opponents. and She gets submissions. She's got quite a few submission wins. She's fun to watch. Juliana Velasquez is undefeated in her career. She comes from a judo background. The real question is, is she going to use it because she really likes to fight the stand-up? Is she going to yeah. fight a stand-up game against someone like Denise, which probably isn't the greatest idea in the world? So it's an interesting matchup. I, I really think it's going to be a fun fight.
1: Yeah, Juliana Velasquez definitely got the um, the advantage on the ground and in, in the clinch. And yeah. I don't even know if so much in the clinch because Denise Kilholtz has got pretty good elbows and knees in that in that clinch as well. Um, Denise is the shorter fighter but she's also got a little bit more speed I think than Juliana Velasquez and she can Absolutely. fight in the phone booth from all the years of kickboxing. And she's a better inside fighter as well. So when you put all that stuff together, Juliana Velasquez is going to have to press her to the fence, keep her clinched there, take her down, make her work to get back up. That's the game plan I would believe for Juliana Velasquez but it does make for an interesting fight because Denise Kowalski is strong as hell. Strong. She packs a huge punch for being so small and like I said, she like you said, she's Fabulous on the feet. She's amazing on the feet. She's got big power. She got tight elbows, tight tight boxing inside. She got she's got good kicks. And she's no slouch as well in terms of the judos and the throws. She she has some she's strong. She's got good hip toss. She's got good takedown, like decent takedowns, and also good takedown defense. You know, so I think when you put that fight together, it does make for an interesting fight. But if the fight hits the ground though, I definitely give the advantage to Juliana
0: Velasquez. Yeah, one is the judo black belt in Denise. Is a, she's a black belt judo? She yep. started her Martial arts career in judo. Hoyce Gracie will tell you, hey, she's good on the ground. He trained with her, but Juliana is not only a judo black belt. She was a national team member in uh, Brazil. She was on their national team. She is really good at her judo, but she doesn't really use her grappling no. skills in fights. So it's an interesting matchup. It's going to be, I think, a really fun fight. I really do. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be entertaining.
1: Well, you know, the one that I'm looking forward, to be honest, is I'm looking forward to Johnny Eblin. He's coming off that big knockout. What was it, like, first minute or something like that when he fought last? It was, what, a month ago? He looked phenomenal. He's also still undefeated. He trains out of ATT with Austin Vannaford, Jaroslav Amoslav, Amoslav and Dalton Rasta. All of them are out of ATT, all with Bellator. All four of them are undefeated. All got stacked records. I mean, like we, we've talked about on the broadcast, these guys, whoever's the first one to lose, probably going to get kicked out of the group <laughs> just because they don't want the bad mojo going on in their, in their group. They're like, yeah, you lost, you're out, buddy. Okay, you're not carrying your weight. Get out of here. No, but uh, he's tough. He's tough. I mean, what do they call him, the Korean Canelo, right?
0: Well, it was the Korean Canelo. Now it's diamond hands because he's been, uh, instead I'm of being the wrestler football. that he came up as, he is now big into the stand-up game and throwing – big punches but the guy he's fighting in travis davis he's a good stand-up fighter he's got fast hands he's got power so it'll be a a good matchup for him
1: yeah but travis gotta be able to stop that takedown and johnny Eblins a wrestler first at heart i know he's i know he's fallen in love with his power but his wrestling is really good yeah it is that's and that group of guys like i said that yaroslav Amosov, dalton rost uh austin vanaford they're so good, all of them. They they complement each other in terms of they make him work harder for the wrestling positions. So when they get in there and fight someone who's not really a top level wrestler, they, it's it just makes it easy for them. They're just picking these guys apart. You saw what Yaroslav Amosov did to Douglas Lima, you know, and Johnny Ebelin. I think is probably about the same, if not a little bit better wrestler, and but it's a little bit different style of wrestling as well. Yeah. A lot more flexibility and scrambles out of. Uh, Amosoff versus uh Evelyn but Evelyn's a great wrestler himself so I'm looking forward to that fight Tyrell Fortune
0: fighting Matt Mitrione that's an interesting heavyweight matchup Matt look Matt's getting older there's no doubt about it but he's still fast he's still a great athlete but Tyrell Fortune is a guy great wrestling background likes the stand-up he's got his uh his one loss to um Tim Johnson Tim where Johnson. he got knocked out you know mm-hmm found out hey you got to take every fight serious uh he's a great athlete though and he's well coached and it's going to be interesting to see you know how he approaches this fight with matt because you know again tyrell's a guy that we've seen as a wrestler he likes the stand-up he likes throwing hands he likes the knockout now but the path to victory against matt Mitrione, that blueprint has been out there for a oh, yeah. long time and that is use your wrestling does he use his wrestling? We're going to see. We are we talk about fight IQ all the time. Good fight IQ, you, you work yourself inside, you take Matt Matreon down and use your ground and pound. Bad Look, fight IQ, I, you decide, I'm going to be a stand-up fighter against Matt, against Matt Mitreone.
1: Do I think he can wrestle and get Matt to the ground? Yes. Can he hold Matt down? I don't know. Not on top of that, but on top of that, can he do it for three rounds if he has to? I don't think so. Tyrell Fortune, someone who is—he's got all the abilities to become the heavyweight champ. The issue is, though, is I don't know if he pushes himself enough in training to wrestle hard for 15 minutes. And if he was to get to a title fight, like are in that situation where he's fighting five rounds, he needs to make sure he's wrestling at all point because that's what he's going to need to get to those upper that upper group of fighters. Beating Matt Mitrione is not going to put you in that title talk. What I think this is this is a separation fight for Matt Mitrione? Are you either fighting Fedor Emelianenko next? Because there was a like buzz him. about that. If you yep. beat Tyrell Fortune, I can build you off of that and say, hey, you know what? Now you fight Fedor over in Russia. Yep. If Matt loses, I don't think they have him fight Fedor. I think they probably have. They go with Jake Hager. Uh, but Tyrell Fortune has all the skill. He's got all the ability. I just don't know if he is someone that can wrestle and stand up for 15 minutes hard. He, I don't think he can wrestle 15 minutes hard. So he's going to have to pick and choose the times that he he decides to shoot in there. Matt Speed is going to always give these guys problems for heavyweights. I mean, he's a big guy who moves like a lightweight on his feet. Sticks and moves, got good footwork. So Tyrell's going to have to cut the cage off, throw heavy shots to get in, and get to the takedown of the clinch and make him work out of those positions. But we're going to see how it all pans out. But I mean... This is a this is a fight for Matt to see if he's gonna fight Fedor next. That's what I believe. Oh. And for a fight for Tyrell to say like, "Hey, shit, or get off the pot, man." If you guys if you can't beat guys like Matt own, we are gonna have to dial you back a little bit, or we're gonna have to just figure it out. I I, just, I feel like this is one of those those fights that they're really looking at him, saying, "Hey, you lost to to Tim Johnson. We get it. He just fought for the title. He looked good. You know, he like came up short. The interim title, I should say. Um, he came up short, but he, I thought he looked great. Five, you know, 50 or 25 minutes. He fought hard." I thought he looked good. Um, but I think for, for him, it's a shitter get off the pot. He's going to have to figure it out. Yeah. So he needs to make sure he can wrestle hard and get the takedowns and mix it up with the, with the hands. Um, Arlene Blankow is fighting uh, Diana Silva. What do you think?
0: I think Arlene Blankow's got too too good a stand-up against Diana Silva. I think she she throws too many straight punches. She's got quick hands, good movement. Diana Silva's tough. Uh, she just lost to, um, you know, the ex-champion in uh, Julia Budd. It was mm-hmm. a close fight. It could have gone towards Silva, but I didn't think that uh, Julia performed you know, very well in that. I think Arlene's going to come off uh, her loss to Cyborg in this, and I think she's going to be ready for this fight.
1: So That's the yeah. other thing, though. How much did that, uh, that loss affect her against Cyborg? Because she took some big shots in that fight. Big shots, you know? So, I mean, like, how much did that affect her confidence? The other thing as well is then how much has she grown in confidence because she's been training down at Jackson Winks for this fight. She didn't get right. to do the whole camp at Jackson Winks for the Cyborg fight because of COVID. So she was only, I think, able to do, like, the last two weeks there, I think is what she was able to do. And so this time, though, she was I, I've seen, I follow her on social media, and she's been doing her whole camp down at Jackson Winks with Holly Holmes and all the other girls that are out of there. So they've got a fabulous, uh, fabulous uh, females team there, female team there of top fighters so i'm interested to see exactly um you know how she performs with the full camp of jackson wings with all that talent that's surrounding her and helping her get better building her confidence back up see if she can get back on the win track
0: yeah. the other one if you're going to look in the uh, women's division diana as Gova <laughs> let's be honest uh, people look at her and they go that's not a fighter that's a model and she yeah. is a very attractive person but man i'm telling you the first time i watched her fight she comes out, goes for a takedown, gets behind, does a belly-to-back suplex. I was like, oh, my God. And then she came out in her first fight in Bellator and starched her opponent in about 20 seconds yeah. with punches. And just she is going to be good. She's got skills. Her wrestling is really good. And then she just proved her hands are good. So it's going to be interesting to see her in this fight against Gulfen. Yeah, she's, uh,
1: she's definitely very marketable. Yep. Um, she's She's got power. We saw that in her last fight. And like you said, she's got really good wrestling. So, I mean, for, you, for those of you guys trying to um, attach yourself to an up-and-comer, maybe you start following her and make sure that you can see how she's progressing throughout time. But she's definitely fun to watch. Um, Cody Law is also on this card. Yeah. He's he's looked really good. He's looked dominant throughout his uh, his short career so far. What is he, 4-0? Three or four and oh No, he's four. But he, he, yeah, he's four and oh three Three and This, 3-0? um, yeah, he's three and
0: Dan Lambert is super high on yeah. Cody Law. yeah he, he believes he's one of the upcoming stars out of ATT. So,
1: yeah, he's got to focus. Scroll down a little bit there for me, Dave. He's got to focus on getting. um I know he's got he's got his one finish, and he got a submission choke, and he's got his TKO punches. But he's got to finish. He's got to focus on being more dominant in his finishes. I know he's dominant in terms of control, but in I mean dominant is like get in there and get him out. You know, um his first fight, he was able to get into the uh into what the submission, what was it? Oh, the Bravo choke. Yeah. But then the second fight, he TKO punches, but it was like one of the one was of the right longer fights. Yeah, right at the end. You know, it's like when you know you have and he dominated that whole fight. Yeah. There was a little bit of scrambles going on in the, in the first round, you know, because they were both fresh, but uh, he dominated the rest of the fight. And should, one of those fights, in that situation, you've got to be able to prove that you're ready for the next group of guys to fight, and he's got to be able to get them those fighters out there, especially with how high, how highly touted he is amongst the ATT team.
0: Yeah, I so. agree with
1: you. All right, what there's else? There's so one. What, in the, you want to say something else, John?
0: Yeah, there's one fight early: Johnny Soto against. Adil Benjellani, and you talk about a contrast of styles. Because Johnny Soto, is a, he's good on the ground. I, I know he believes he's got really good stand-up too. No. Just telling you right now, especially not against Adil. Benjelani is good in the stand-up. You talk about a guy that's fast, beautiful kicks, great combinations. He's got just beautiful stand-up. So I got a stand-up fight, beautiful stand-up against beautiful ground. We're going to see if Johnny Soto decides quickly, screw this stand-up. I'm trying to take him to the ground. If he does that, he's got a chance against Benjelani. If he decides he's a stand-up fighter, say hello to Mr. Adil Benjelani because he's going to end your night. Yeah, it's going to be a good fight.
1: Yeah. Um, like I said, there's a couple sneaky good fights in here. You know what I mean? You know, Roman Feraldo, he's 5-0. and oh, He's tough. Roman oh, Feraldo's good. He's good, you know. Cody Law is good. Ronnie Marks coming off of a loss, but looking to get back on track. But he's fighting uh, Assad Salma, so that should be a pretty good fight. But Salma's not a big heavyweight, and Ronnie Marks is huge now. What is he like?
0: Two sixty? His, his <laughs> thighs are just tree trunks now, man.
1: He's enormous. He's big, man. But but in his last couple of fights, he's gotten real tired, you know. And so he's got to start working on his conditioning and pushing through. So that's, that's one but, thing
0: Salma doesn't. He doesn't get tired
1: yeah he, he pushes hard so i'm looking at like look for me the fights really to kind of look at like you said johnny soto and uh, benjalani that's a good fight uh i can't even say her name afsaravagova her I mean, just cause, yeah you go because she's i mean she's coming on hot on the scene she's undefeated you know uh roman Feraldo's really good that should be a fun fight cody law's up and coming as well five and oh you know yeah you got johnny eblin uh, to me Johnny Eblin's I think probably the potential next uh, champ of that weight class. You know, I mean he's one, he's fighting at 185. I mean him and and Austin Vanderford are making their runs and but they've got they've got tough fighters in front of them. They've got uh uh not Leon Edwards. Um Fabian Edwards and they've got um got well, Vander, Vanderford,
0: Vanderford fought Fabian Edwards.
1: No, I know that, but I'm saying Vastinius is still there though. Yeah. So you got Vastinas there. You've got I know I know Austin's ahead of them. But Salter's getting the title shot next, so they're probably going to fight Austin Vannaford probably one more time. Yeah. And I mean, Costello, he beat Fabian Edwards. But before that fight, I don't know why, Fabian was ranked ahead of Costello Van Our fucking ranking system, I want people to understand this. Our ranking system is not done by Bellator, which I feel is, so it can't be skewed. No. But, but if, I get but so does frustrated. It, yes. It's ridiculous. It's the media. You I think there's fifteen sources of the media that just have they have like no clue. They've got people ranked ahead of someone that they just beat. Yeah.
0: I mean, how is this possible no, possible? Behind somebody that they just beat.
1: Yeah, that's sorry, what I meant. Sorry, right yeah. behind them is what I meant. Um, it just it's frustrating sometimes. I see it. Like how did you, how is this person ranked behind them, knowing that their last fight they beat that person? I don't get it. Anyways. All right. So uh what uh let's let's move on to the UFC card. Oh, but first, but first, but first, let's go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code weighing in and uh if you guys bet on the fights last weekend, we, Big John and I, won you some money. That's all you had to say, just say thank you. And for those <laughs> of you guys that were watching me on Fight Companion okay, look, I had no money in. It was Bradley and 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 uh and Brendan. No money they in. had I had no money in. They had the money in. And I was just—I don't know—somehow, some way, I got piggyback into this, and I got five hundred bucks out of it. So I wasn't about to argue with Bradley. It was we bet all in on Connor because Brendan wanted to get his money back? I was along for the ride. I'm like, look, if, you, if I was actually, well, can I just pull my five hundred out.
0: <laughs> but you didn't. So how did you walk away with five hundred bucks? Did. I didn't walk away with five hundred. Oh, I didn't okay. walk away with
1: no, no. I wa- I should have though. I sh- I wanted to pull my money out, and he's like, "No, I'll give you your money." I'm like, "No, man, it's not, it's not even money. My money. I didn't even put any money in, but somehow I got five hundred <laughs> bucks out of this. I thought it was great. It was well played by me. You that guys wonder the funniest, why?
2: That was a funniest. It was the moment funniest in the part. Whole three hours.
1: Yeah, I, I was, was like, dying hey,
2: laughing,
1: man. Hey, can, can I pull my money out? If you're gonna bet on Connor, I want to pull my money out. Everyone's <laughs> like, "I can't believe you picked. You can't believe you uh... picked Connor," and then I'm like. I wasn't picking. I was along for the ride. I was like, somehow I ended up with five hundred dollars invested in this thing, and I hadn't, didn't put any money in, didn't shake out any bets. But somehow, if Connor would have won, I would have came out with a thousand dollars. No idea how. He's like, yeah, I'll give you a thousand bucks. Right on. You know, I'll give you five hundred on the other five hundred because you're doubling your money. I'm like, man, no way, man, crazy.
0: Anyways, just, but that was the funniest. Need, you just part. need to tell Bradley to go to my bookie. Get yeah, of the get them,
1: yeah. My And if you use the Wayne promo in. code, weighing in hello. And they get they give them a little extra money. I've seen a lot of these other fighters during this last week and they were promoting the mybookie.ag. So, all right, uh, let's jump into the UFC card. You want to start at the top? Let's work our way from the bottom. Let's work our bottom. way from the bottom. Okay. Is there any fight? I'm not, I'm not saying from the full bottom, I'm saying, oh, thank like, you. Pick any pick some fights on there that you're interested in potentially seeing.
0: Oh my god, you know. I really like Miles Johns. I think that's going to be a fun fight between him and Anderson Dos Santos. Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting. Miles Johns is good. He is a tough sucker, but Dos Santos got a lot more experience than him. We'll see if that is a factor in it. Uh, Size-wise, it'll be interesting. But, I mean, the fight that I'm really looking forward to overall is I want to see two. Billy Quarantillo against Gabriel. Uh, Benitez, that's a fight mm-hmm. where both guys are super tough. They both come forward, they both don't stop. I love Billy the way that uh, Billy Q fights. He just keeps on coming after you, and he just wears guys out. But I don't think he can wear Gabriel out because he's got that, you know, super high output. Mexican cardio. Oh yeah, super <sighs> high output, volume too. So I think that's just going to be a really fun fight to watch. I think they're going to be going after each other. And then if you look at it, you know, the truth of the matter. Islam against Thiago. That's a good fight. It's interesting. Uh, Thiago has his, you know, things that you can look at. And you go, well, that could give uh, Islam problems. I think Islam overall is the guy that should be the favorite in the fight. But it's a good matchup, and it should be an interesting fight to watch.
1: Yeah, Billy Q and, G- and uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Benitez. Yeah, I mean, I trained with, um, with him for the longest time at AKA. So. Boy, he's got
0: hard kicks, too.
1: Yeah, his rear, his back leg kick, because he's southpaw, that back left leg kick is nasty to the body. He hits a toe kick beautifully. Um, he's a dog, man. He's someone that will deliver a punch to throw a punch, and he's a scrapper. I love watching him fight. I, I hated training with him because he did kick hard, and he was super <laughs> fast, and I, I just hated it. I didn't like being kicked by him. Um, he's a great person as well, so I'm, I'm pumped for him. I also know that his contract is coming up. So I think it's he's gonna have to make sure he ends his. Con, I believe he's got two fights left on his contract, so he's got to get a win here, and uh, so they can start talking renegotiations. You want to make sure the fight before your last fight that you get a win, so then they don't hold anything over your head. Like, oh, you lost your fight before like, No, I care. I don't care. I'm on a win right now. That's all I care about. And I'm making my run. I'm making my run back. I had to make some adjustments, and the losses I took during COVID, it's not the same. These are the same, man. Not the same training camps, not the same fighter. I'm not. No, no fans.
0: Look, look at you making excuses. I am making excuses. <laughs> I am gonna make excuses.
1: And you guys all know because you guys listen to our show every week. I am a fucking homer. Okay, <laughs> when it comes to people I've trained with and I like, I'm gonna just go hard in the paint for them. That's all. Um, yeah, Billy on, he's on, tough on, though.
0: Okay, yeah. So, so you're definitely going with Gabriel. Yeah, and I, I agree. With, he's he's a really good fighter. I really enjoy him. But I'm going to go with Billy in this one. So you and I will have a wager on this fight. All right. We'll we'll have to figure out what it is. It's probably another steak dinner. Yeah, baby. Well, you already owe me one.
1: Yeah, I think we're allowed to sit down at restaurants now. So you know what? Michael Jordan's or what's the other place? What's the other place? There's another place. Balo's has a good little, like, filet, I believe, there. You can hit up Balo. Anyways. Oh, yeah. A couple little spots there at the uh, Mohegan Sun. Got some good restaurants in there. A couple good restaurants. All right. Um. Rodolfo Vieira coming off of his loss. Who did he lose to? Martinez,
0: right? Oh, or, uh, No, he God, lost who's... to um, Alex, didn't he? Tough, uh, tough Mexican guy. Uh, fluffy? Anthony Hernandez, Anthony, right? Yeah. Anthony what, was Hernandez. His, what do they
1: call fluffy. him? What's his? Fluffy. Yes. Come on, he's that awesome, was... man. Bro, he subbed him, didn't he?
0: He Fuck subbed yes, him. Yes, he did.
1: Caught him in a submission. Yeah. <laughs> he, but Rodolfo Vieira is, oh wait, yeah, Rodolfo. he should be fighting at 205.
0: Yes, he's cutting too much weight.
1: He's cutting to 185. He's yeah. huge for the weight. Yeah. And that fight, it showed. About halfway through the second. No, i say probably by the end of the first round, he was done. Oh, no, no, let's, let's
0: let's be honest. It wasn't even the end of the first round. Two minutes into the first round, yeah. he was hurting. Lactic yeah. acid was built up in his arms. He went after a variety of submissions. He didn't get them. And then it was downhill from that point because yeah. he was gassed. And he took, like, he took a lot of punishment and showed he's a tough dude because he didn't quit, but he was, I don't care who you are. If you if you can't breathe, you can't fight. Yeah, he he
1: chased so many submissions in the first two and a half, three minutes Crazy. of that fight. He was done. He got up. You could just tell, like, I, I believe he sat on his knees right after the first round or someone had to walk him back to the, it was something like that. It was, it was a really weird ending of the first round where he almost didn't make it back to his corner. And they were, they were like, hey, you got to get up. or something. So I think someone said, like, you got to walk yourself to the corner or something like that is what yep. they said. And so, um, as I recall, yeah, he just was exhausted. So I'm going to see. He should be fighting at 205. He should not be trying to fight at 185. I bet you I he'll perform a lot better. He's huge. I want to say in that fight, uh, Rogan was talking about how big he was compared to everybody else. So he's just cutting too much weight. We've seen the performances by people who don't cut that much weight. Let's try and stay in that limit of, you know, when I was talking with Cody Garbrandt the other day um, – He's like I walk around 147. He's like I don't have to cut a lot of weight. That's not, you know, that's nothing. And he I'm like, "Yeah, that's probably why you still have a lot of energy going into the 5th round." Things like that. So, who knows? Um, but Riviera is not stop cutting so much weight. Yep. The I'm surprised you went right from the Dos Santos fight Up to Islam, you skipped everyone. I'm sorry, man, but you got to put some respect on on this woman legend's name, man. Misha Tate coming off having two kids, bro. You've got to put some respect on this female's name. Let's go, Big John.
0: First off, I respect Misha and everything that she's done, but I'm not sure that coming back to fighting is the best thing for her.
1: She looks ripped right now. She
0: does. Oh, she looks fantastic (laughs) as far as being in shape. You can tell that she has spent the time to get herself back. But let's be honest, when she left, she was not the same fighter that she was when she made her run and got the title and beat Holly. She was Mm -hmm. slowing down. Her punches were not the same, and she was never a good stand-up fighter. She was a grappler. She dominated other ladies on the ground. She had a superior ground game. She did, you know, she had good ground and pound. She did a lot of great work when she was down there. She got good submissions. And she is absolutely a, just an outstanding person. But, you know, she's, like you said, a couple years older. You know, yes, yeah, she's in shape, but being in shape does not mean that you're back to being able to fight at the level that you were at at a certain point in your career. And, you know, she had had several losses in a row, you know, coming into the end of when she decided that she was going to pull the plug. You know, I think the UFC is giving her the best matchup they can give her, you know, and this is going to say a lot of how she does in that matchup, but it's not, I know you're looking forward to that fight. I'm not, I'm not really looking looking forward forward to it it just
1: because I know all the things that she's been through, like. She was living in uh, Singapore during all the COVID lockdowns. It was absolutely driving her crazy. She's got a young, she had just one child at the time. She was pregnant. Like, there was a lot of emotions going through. I'm sure the hormones for her were running wild. And everyone knows I'm a huge fan of her, you know. And I just think that her coming back home, it was like a sense of relief. She's back in Vegas. She's around all the people that she loved being around when she was making her run for the title. She just got reinvigorated being around All the young females that are at Extreme Coutures and all the other locations that she trains at. And you look at her, John, and I look at her picture here on Sure Dog, and I'm like, she looks better now, though, is ripped and lean and fit than she did when she was, you know, fighting under the UFC before. It was like she had, and I have said this on the Rogan show when I was on on Joe's show, I said... Females don't hit their prime until like 34 to 38 kind of position. And that's kind of what she's proven to me right now. She's 34 years old. She looks absolutely amazing. Two kids. She's been through the gauntlet of everything. The other thing as well, scroll down for me, Dave, on her her record. Look who she lost to. I know I understand the Raquel Pennington thing, but she's lost to Kat. She lost to Ronda Rousey. That was way before she made her run. Then she lost to Amanda Nunes, who everyone wants to say
0: is the GOAT. Okay. So she whoa, lost whoa, to her, whoa, and then whoa, she whoa, lost whoa, to Raquel Pennington. Whoa, hold on, hold on. You said she lost to Ronda Rousey before she made her run. No, she was, in fact, the champion in Strike Force when Ronda Rousey beat her for that title. I'm talking about the last
1: one there, buddy. So, or her last run in the UFC. Yeah, yeah, her last run in the UFC. Okay. Yeah. Well,
0: we are talking did. current fights,
1: not 15 years ago.
0: But again, take a look at those <laughs> fights and what she was doing, though. A lot of her wins when she was on that run that you're talking about before she got that fifth round you know rear naked choke against holly most of those fights that she won they were decision victories yeah you know a couple of them split decision majority decision and so they were close fights she Mm -hmm. wasn't overwhelming anyone she wasn't dominating her opponents but she was getting past them and that's all she has to do i'm not taking anything away from it and then she got the great win against uh holly you know but then she ran into amanda and that's you know ufc 200 they ended up that was the whole Cormier yep. versus Jones fiasco and she ended up being solo, pushed yeah. pushed into the uh the main uh event of the evening with Amanda and it didn't end well for her. No. But I don't know. I I, lo- I love her. And she's always been a great person to me. I have nothing against Misha. I her to do There's that respect. I wanted some respect. I, I want man. her to do well.
1: I just worry that's all no i uh, yeah you but you you come from that worrying of a parent kind of situation yeah you're nah. like that dad worry because you know you've known her for the longest time like, i've known true. her forever yep. i mean i think she, i think i want to say like she was fighting when she was like 15 17 something like that 17 and i remember seeing her when she was on the circuit i'm like up in the northwest area i'm yeah. thinking to myself she can't be that old like how is she even <laughs> able to fight i remember seeing her like and then when she was in strike force and stuff, but regardless, look, her loss to Amanda Nunez, and then she lost to Raquel Pennington, who then yes. went to, went on to fight for the title. I mean, those are two tough fighters, yeah. You know, and like I said, different stages of her life seems like she's refocused, reinvigorated, being back in the states, being back at home. I think she's married now, or she's engaged now, you know, to Johnny. Uh, Johnny yeah. I don't know his name, but his Johnny, name Johnny something, Johnny Nunez. They've got two wonderful kids, so I think she's, I think she's finally like. She, you know, During her her time also, too, she was going through a lot of that shit with her ex. I don't remember the guy's name. But um, anyways, yeah. Right, but she, she was going through Yeah, there you go. She was going through all that stuff with him. It's like, I think it was kind of hurting her career as well. There was a lot of the emotional f- stuff going there. And this, I think she's refocused. And I, I mean, I, like you said, I also think the UFC did her a favor. They yeah. gave her a fight that is very winnable. Yeah. You know, I mean, she is one of the, I feel like one of the pioneers for women's MMA. You know, for, been around forever. That's you've got who? You've got Gina. You've got Cyborg. You've got Rhonda. You've got Marloche. Marloche, yeah, You're Marloche forgetting Marlos.
0: Don't you? No, ever, I did not forget her. Yes, you did. No, I had to bring no. up the name. Just be honest
1: about you, it. You no, no. You just beat me to the punch. That's all. Okay. You're pretty all right, quick with the right. tongue. That's why. You're pretty quick with the tongue. Um, but that's the fight I'm looking forward to. And obviously, I'm always looking forward to watching Jeremy stevens fight because he's a fucking dog. He's the. I just love. Wa- I love watching him fight. You he's gotta watch savage. him fight. He's just yep. a stud. He's no. a savage.
0: And actually, I swear to God, I missed. The, I didn't even see his name on the list. I missed, I went right over it. Reading is not your it. strong suit. We understand that. I, obviously not. <laughs> just, like I, I lack right in math, it. you lack in reading. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jeremy All Stevens, right, well, he's a savage. That, you know, and that's a, that's a tough fight for him, though. It is. man he's good. That guy is good. So, But Jeremy, Jeremy's not afraid of tra- trading hands with anyone. He wants that fight to be on the feet. We'll see if he can keep it on the feet.
1: Yeah, I think he's got to mix it up, though. he I, I feel like he's, he's gotten a lot of miles on him now. He's getting a little bit older. I, what is he, 35, I think?
0: Probably. Thirty six. I might be. Wrong. Yeah, thirty
1: five.
0: Yeah, thirty five.
1: He's got some miles on him, man. This is kind of that stage where, like, this is your last chance to make a run. So he's got he's gonna have to make sure this is a tough fight too, because Mstysnis is. is like eighteen and one, tough as hell, good on the feet as well. Yep. Um, but Jeremy's just a dog, and I'm gonna always root for the for the old school guys because I'm an old <laughs> I'm an old dog
0: myself. has uh, oh. got that Polish power, baby. Yeah, something about that the, the, those guys from Poland, man, or yeah. and ladies, excuse me. Yeah, because they Polish fucking power.
1: live in the goddamn snow. Just fucking, <laughs> like, you know, I think the sunlight really comes out like twenty eight days of the year. I've Jeez. been to Poland. Poland's a really nice place. Someone told me that it is. Somebody it, told is. Me it, it, really it is. It really is. Yeah. Um, okay, but let me get into my let me get into one of my uh teammates in Islam Makachev. Ah, he's just good. I know, <laughs> I know. He's just good. But he's got his hands full. Tiago's oh, tough. Tiago is was really tough. And he's going to try to get in into um, Islam's grill. He's going to try to make him fight. He just got to make sure he can avoid the takedown. If he can That's... stuff a couple takedowns, I think it's going to I don't think he can. Tiago is going to work to
0: keep this fight on the feet. He's he wants to keep that distance. He wants to control the center of the cage. He wants to make Islam shoot from the outside. He has the ability to to beat him. No doubt about it. He's a good all-around fighter. His, his ground game He's got a good, you know, ground game, but it's not enough for him to get off of his back if Islam takes him down. So he's gonna be underneath and absorbing a lot of damage and so he's gotta get himself out of those positions if, if that's what happens. But you know, he's uh his stand up I-, I honestly think that he's faster than Islam. Yeah, Islam's not a fast guy. Yeah. And so that's the thing that he's got on his side. He has got he's got fast hands, but he he's got to maintain when when you got a guy that's pressuring you a lot like Islam is going to do, you know that that burns energy because you're always tense and when when is he going to take that shot and then you're throwing and so he's got to maintain and monitor how much output he's putting out and when he does it. He's got to be smart about it and he's got to use that speed at the appropriate times to put shots that that make Islam then go, ooh, I can't can't have that happen again. Uh, I need to take a step back. And those moments when he gets those breaks that Islam creates, that's a good thing for him. Yeah, that's not going (laughs) to (laughs) happen.
1: That's not going to happen, man. Uh, Tiago's just got to stay on his bike. He's got to make sure because what's going to happen
0: is stays on his bike, he's going to run out of gas.
1: Yeah, that's true as well. And it's going to be hard to stop the takedowns. Islam's going to take the center of the cage. And every time that Tiago steps in, He's going to light him up with the, that quick, sneaky head kick from the southpaw stance. He's going to go, boom, head kick, and then come back with a combination, or he's going to go body, and then he's going to back up to the head, and then he's going to go right to wrestling. He gets you in that clinch. The difference between, I want everyone to understand this when you guys are listening to me talk and break this down. The difference between him and Khabib. Khabib is a double-leg guy. Don't get me wrong. He's got the throws, the foot sweeps, the trips. He's got all those, but he is more of someone that is a dog. He just gets in there like a bulldog, just gets in there, dig burls his head in there for the double leg, lifts you and slams you. Islam is not that guy. His finesse is on the feet when he gets you in the clinch. He locks the glove down underneath the armpit. He'll break, he'll bounce you off the cage and he'll foot sweep you, he'll inside leg trip you. Okay, he'll step on your foot and ride you forward. Little things that you won't see if you don't understand the sport. Little things that, like, even people that do understand the sport, they don't understand. How come the guy didn't just pull his glove out? Like, how stupid? <laughs>
0: but it's... Stuck. It, it's stuck in his armpit. has got a the feathered part.
1: Yes. Yeah, you know, and that's the one thing with the UFC gloves that I always hated was that it's got the big pad, pad, pad on the top, again, right? The strike force gloves used to just have the smooth Fairtex style ones. But, I mean, like, the, the UFC ones have the big pad on the front, so it's easy to lock them down under the armpit, and then that's how he, they can help throw. Stepping on the feet is big, and then also, too, he's very good at knee-tapping you. So not in terms of, like, knee-tapping with the hand, but in terms of he bounces you off the cage a little bit and he he scoots to the side on your hip and then he just uses his knee to drag you down and he also he's brings he's very you, impressive
0: he, he brings you backside all the time he puts pressure making you lean to a certain against it mm-hmm. and then he just takes you off to that side
1: yeah and he'll just hang you on that side when he hangs you on that side it's it's like Khabib in that situation they both ride really well in the side position and they get heavy on you and just keep driving you forward and you can't post on your hand for 3 minutes it's a pain, not when you're carrying somebody else's weight. Who, by the time they fight, Islam will probably weigh about 180. You know, so you're carrying another 180 pounds plus your own weight. So it's it's tough. But the one thing, like you, I think you called out perfectly, I, I think Tiago's faster. Yeah. Tiago's going to have a better chance of getting in and getting out. He just got to make sure he avoids the takedown. And can the one thing that's always kind of made me nervous with Islam is that he is dominant. At every turn, in a fight and in the gym. But what concerns me, this is his first five-round fight in the UFC. I'm a little nervous because I've seen with the Nick Lentz fight and I've seen with sometimes he tends to, because he does use a lot of strength, he does tend to slow down. And so as the fight goes on, if he doesn't, because he's nasty, strong on top, he's got great submissions, he's got better submissions than, than most of the guys in the gym. I've seen him train with top-level black belts, top, I'm talking about world champions. And just dominated them dominated them made them look like they didn't belong on the mats at all and i was like wow he's actually calling out what submission he's gonna get on top level black belts that have won worlds and just dominate them like oh yeah i'm gonna get him in this and like joking around and front you know being friendly about it but just just demolishing them and i've seen him do it and so he if he but can he if he doesn't get it is he ended up like vieira Rodolfo Rivera, where he gets tired chasing Close submissions. Up. He doesn't chase submission, but he d- he gets to the position where he's used a lot of strength with the Nick Lentz. He looked pasty pale white going into the third round because he looked so exhausted. And I was just something I captured when I was watching that fight. I'm like, how are you tired? You're never tired in the gym. But he was tired. You could see it's the adrenaline, the you know, the be, you know, being yeah, pressure of the fight. So I'm not sure I, I think this is gonna be a big test if he's ready. To be the next the next run at the title for the dagestani guys and so we're gonna see it's it's a big it's a big chance for him a big chance a big big opportunity for him to capture it we'll see i wish him the best i though, sure even though you do even you want to see the... him go
0: to 20 wins with one loss
1: i understand yeah yeah and i feel bad it sucks because i would have loved to have seen him be undefeated as well right now young in his career he got he got clipped and fight was done and just it sucks it sucks for him because I know it was just one of those fights like, shit, you got, you got caught, you know, and uh, no that, here's the thing. The speed, the speed was a factor in that fight. Right. He got clipped and he got caught. That could be the same type of situation here. But I think he's gotten a lot better. He's gotten way better since then. I know that for sure. But uh, we're going to see. This is a big step up for him. Good stuff. A lot of guys said they want to fight him, but then none of them, when they like guess the UFC said, when we nah. called them, they said, no, nah, no, nah, I was kidding. There's not a lot of guys <laughs> that want to no, right now. No, no. Now, if you notice when when he starts calling people out, there's no response. <laughs> oh, I think it's great. People know. All right. All right. Well, hey, uh, Dave, what else you got for us, buddy?
2: All right. We only have uh, one real other piece of news that's um separate from the corner thing. It's still kind of is tied in with that main event, but um Kobe Covington came out and said that he wants to settle his personal rivalry with Dustin Poirier um inside the octagon.
1: Interesting.
2: Good. That, that's awesome.
0: Colby, do yourself a favor. There's this guy named Kamaru Usman. That's the guy yeah. you need to worry about. He's in your weight class. He's the champion mm. there. Dustin Poirier is in a different weight class. He doesn't even fight in the same weight class as you right now. If that fight someday comes to fruition, awesome. Right yeah. now, you better start worrying about Kamaru Usman.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's Just He's got to. Just yeah. talk. Just Look, I love the shtick that he does. He's going to keep doing it. It's getting him attention. But he's going to end up like the Josh Koscheck. He's, I think he's already there. He's actually worse than, I think, Josh Koscheck. Like, <laughs> Josh, he he couldn't win people over because of the Ultimate Fighter and everyone hated him after that. So he just played the heel the rest of the, his career. Yeah, exactly. But as soon as, as soon as you start losing, it just gets worse. And I think it becomes one of those things where now it starts fucking with your own mental. Because you've been the heel and now you're losing. See, when you were the heel and you were winning... You can do it. You can do it. Mentally, you are prepared. Like I got this shit. I am gonna beat this guy. and beat this guy, but after after Koscik lost, he lost five in a row, six or five or six in a row. Like he just after he lost the GSP, he lost five or six in a row. After he made his run, never the same. You know, it was just never the same once because not only are you reading all the shit that goes on, on the, in the media, but all the interviews, all the people that are doing the interviews with you, they're asking you negative questions. You're having to answer negative questions. It all adds up. It starts fucking with your mind. You just can't perform. You're, you're thinking about it in the gym. You're thinking about it at night when you sleep. You're thinking about it right before the fight. You're thinking about when you're in the cage, it's, when you're the back, warming it's up. It's
0: very hard to yeah. be somebody you're not. Yeah. You know, and this yep. is where, you know, people could sit there and say, and you know, if you're actually someone that likes people and enjoys being around and you got to play this part, the guy that, you know, really did a great job. I can remember when Josh Koscheck would come into the arena out of UFC when he wasn't fighting and the booze that would go off were unbelievable. And it was him and Michael Bisping, you know, but Michael Bisping was the same thing. He had this people hated him and, you know, Michael used it. He played it. He played it well. And he was able to actually turn it around and become the good guy. It was basically after he lost to Dan Henderson at UFC 100 when that big old flying elbow that Dan mm-hmm. threw at the end it kind of changed then for Bisping and people started liking him. And now you know he's he's beloved. You know, you, you go back to the the days of 2007 and stuff. People he would walk in the arena, they would boo the hell out of him. Yeah, and it's not an easy thing because Michael's he's a good guy. He's a really good guy, and so it's tough when you're that good guy to have people booing you that don't even know you. You know, it's tough, and it can affect the fighters. And it's this is where we say, being the heel is easy when you're winning. Yep, it is not an easy thing to be when you're losing. Nope. And
1: I think I think uh, I think he's gonna find out. Colby's gonna find out. Yeah, he's gonna be like. Oh shit like because he's lost now he's he's got he's got he's got the loss to Usman. If he loses He's got, again what, he's got the one him. win over T-Wood, but if he loses again, it's going to be that snowball effect yeah. of who he fights next and then, like then I mean like once you've lost twice to the champion, Usman's going to be there for a little bit. They're not going to give you another shot here anytime soon. So they're going to start just weeding you out. You're going to start you're gonna be the gatekeeper until Usman loses the title. That's really what it's going to come down to. I don't know how I feel about him calling out Dustin. It's just him trying to get into the, into the headlines after Dustin having a great performance, yeah. you know, and doing what he did against uh, Connor.
0: They're Good not even the same Dustin. weight class. Call
1: out George Masvidal. But I'd like to see Dustin go up, though. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. So. Uh, all right. What else you got for us there, podcast,
2: Dave? Do you want to jump in some fan questions? Left. Let's do, do it. Him.
1: Let's do some fan Q and A. But first, okay. but first, make sure you guys go to our Wayne and Shorts channel. Hit that subscribe button. The link is in uh down below. Um, and so make sure you guys do that as well as subscribe to our channel and share our videos all around. We appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much. And uh let's get into these Q
2: and A, baby. Um. All right. So the first question comes from. I was talking to you
1: though. I was talking to you, baby. I was talking to you. Which baby? <laughs> you baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some podcast, Dave. <laughs> I bet you I gave, I gave Chin a little bit of love on on the uh, on the fight companion I bet Dave is getting all uh, butt butthurt even I don't, though I'm upset w- w- w-
2: what did you give him a props I to just said he, I,
1: well they did they, he did a bunch of stuff to help set up the fight campaign, like because they were cramming it all in there to try to get it set up I'm like man I can't even get Dave to help me set up my laptop. <laughs> <God. laughs> that's great I love it no oh, I give Dave Dave always helps me man Dave does a wonderful job for us Gets, keeps us on the air that's really what he does I love it Dave man let's go john john come on. what he does a good job come on tell me i'm
0: wrong you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> thanks john well you told me to tell you you're wrong uh, nah, i, David, I, I no. love i love some i love podcast Dave, man the best part of podcast Dave is this now that podcast dave has moved and is not in your <laughs> little studio oh man. i get to enjoy you going through all kinds of hell trying to get your shit to work and it just cracks me up because he You've always been sitting there and you know, in your little chair waiting for me, like, Oh, what's wrong, John? Right? <laughs> now it's, you know.
2: But the the yeah. worst part is is it nothing, it's not actually hard stuff. It's things like, All right, Josh, now click the left click and Josh is like, I'm clicking, I'm clicking, I'm clicking and I'm like, okay, are you clicking left or right? I'm clicking the right one. No, the left one, Josh. Oh, okay, it worked. <laughs> uh. it's shit like that where <laughs> it's just funny, man. You just you know, those four brain cells you know, have, Look,
0: look.
1: I brought everything down to, well, to, to film the well, show at Brendan's. But yeah, go ahead. Did John.
0: you just say you've got it down? I think I've got it down. Pretty good. I, do you do you know how often Dave and I have to watch your navel in the camera as you're trying I to figure it. things out? Hey, you're lucky it's not my balls. Oh, I dude, eat... it has been. <laughs> it has been.
1: <laughs> uh, real quick story, guys. This is funny. I Dave was in here in here uh, working, sitting set up, and I just got done teaching class. And I came in here, and David left the, the studio when he was living here. He had left the studio to use the restroom, and I was like, okay, I was all sweaty. I was like, okay, I got to change out of these clothes. So I looked around didn't see john wasn't brought up on the zoom on the tv like he normally is so i didn't see john but the gopro is pointed right at me and i sneak behind the door not the door the uh the chair and i change him john's like and i can hear john in the headphones going oh yeah baby oh, i see yeah. it all I it's
0: see- there. <laughs> then i start going my eyes
1: my no, eyes oh man oh man so yep john oh. see me naked
0: oh. <laughs> Oh, it's great! Give me twenty bucks, I'll say it was impressive.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Josh, you have no idea how many times prior to that where I've had that live streaming on other other websites. (laughs) Oh,
1: jeez, man, jeez!
2: You're you're famous, and you don't even know it.
1: Yeah, it's all right though. Hey. I wonder if I'm getting... I, I want You should have told me, man. I could have hooked up a Venmo. I mean, it
0: may have paid me paid me a little bit to do that. <laughs> oh, he'll, no. get it, he, he'll get his own his his own fan, OnlyFans or whatever only fans.
1: it is. is OnlyFans or fans only. Was it OnlyFans? Only fans? OnlyFans. Only
2: yeah.
1: All right, let's jump into these Q and A's.
2: All right, Luis Flores asks for both John and Josh. Who has a better chance to beat this version of Francis and Ganu, Derek Lewis or Gunn?
1: No. Oh. um... Jeez, man. Actually, that's kind of a hard question. I was like, oh, yeah, for sure, Cyril gone. But then I actually am like, no, I don't think take so. a shot. Yeah, I think Derek probably.
0: Yeah, I think Derek is actually a harder fight for uh, Francis in the fact that Derek is awkward. That causes him problems. Derek is very strong himself. He hits really hard. So Francis is a little bit hesitant to throw at times based upon how awkward Derek is cyril's got a very smooth style that's easier sometimes for someone who is capable in the stand-up to be able to time and things where Derek just doesn't have that smoothness to his game i think Derek lewis is actually the harder matchup
1: yeah no i agree i agree i think the hardest matchup for him though is john jones i know he's not on that list but i think the hardest matchup for him is john jones just the athleticism the that front thigh kick can be a factor just the the wrestling uh, the fight
0: iq yeah. What John can do and how John can change in the middle of the fight makes him a handful.
1: Yeah, I but I think there's a good chance Cyril Gone beats Derek Lewis. Just styles make matchups. Yeah, that's really styles what it comes fight. down that's to. It. Styles make matchups. But can Cyril Gone take Derek Lewis down for five rounds if he needs to? I don't know about that. That's the other thing. See, and all mm. all Derek needs, and we've seen it when he fought Volkov. He only needs two seconds, one he punch. Just needs one. Yeah, he yeah. just need he needs. He needs the, the two, he needs the two hits. Him hitting the body and the body hitting the ground. That's all he needs right there. So he's a, he's a dog, man. He's, he's, I love watching him fight. He's just fun. He's great post-fight interviews because yep. my balls are hot. He's a good <laughs> I guy. I love it because my balls are hot. <laughs> it's great stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I'd have to probably say Derek Lewis is a tougher fight for him.
2: What else you got? Tony Montana asks, question for John. How do you react so fast to quick stoppages? Were you doing any kind of reaction training?
0: No, you don't need to say you do reaction training no, because every fight's different and you you're looking for certain things at what you do, the more, you know, you see fights and the more fights you do. And this is what I always say. You want to be doing a lot of what I call repetitions. The more fights you do, the, the better you are at seeing things. And I, I do it all the time. Now I'll, I'll see a, a guy get hit and I go, he's hurt and I, he's hurt. Trust me. And then all of a sudden, you see, he starts to do this buckle. You start to see things fast, and when you when you can slow it down, when you see it, and you know exactly how you know where the guy's hurt, it slows the fight down for you, and so it makes it easier for you as the referee. But it takes time to get that. You know, everyone thinks that oh, I could do this. You know, I, I the one of the best things I had was I had the command program. Where I would teach, you know, people, and a lot, some of them were, you know, uh, a lot of high-level mixed martial artists, guys that were coming out of the the fighter realm, trying to be in the officiating realm. Some were guys coming off of the uh, their couch because they knew they could do this, or, <laughs> so you know, all this stuff. And the best part was putting them in a cage the first time, and and having fighters in there, and telling the fighters, okay, this is what I want you to do, and and they're going slow. And you tell, you tell the person in the cage, you know, so just move around with them. Once we get past a minute, I want you to start, if you see something, I want you to start to handle it. I want you to call out what the foul is. Start to just tell them, hey, you know, don't grab the fence, don't grab the shorts, you know, let go of this, you know, whatever it's going to be. And so, the, you know, the one minute would go and then all of a sudden they're going, right? And I would do the minute to try to help them. But it would just cause this whole progression of, they were just letting everything go. And all these fouls are happening. And you and you would stop it after about three minutes, right? And you go, all right, let's talk about this. What fouls did you see? There wasn't any. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't see any, right? Uh. And then you go, okay, everyone on the outside, start naming the fouls. And they, people were, you know, 20 fouls yeah. later, they're going, there's no way that they, yeah. It, oh, yeah. You know, you've, you've got to get used to seeing things and understanding how to deal with them. And that's all part of, you know, your progression as an official is knowing exactly if something happens what do i do and how do i do it and then being consistent with it
1: well let me answer that question a little bit better than you did okay okay
2: go ahead the question was question can you read it again there podcast a question for john how do you react so fast to quick stoppages were you doing any kind of reaction training
1: yeah, his reaction training was making sure that he was always in the right spot at the right time to react from the view to see the most damage. There, simply put. So Pretty when good. I fought Batriki, he fucked up. That's really what it came down <laughs> to. When I fought a tricky, he uh, fucked up. But bottom line is, that's the way he reacts so fast. He's in the right place at the right time. Majority of the time, except for the one time, or maybe multiple times, but just for me. My. <laughs> um, but good stuff. Yeah, no, That's, that's kind of what it is, though, right? You got to always make sure that you've always got... You're always in that right place at the right time and knowing what you're looking at.
0: Yeah, you're trying to put stuff in the right place. That's it? It's like anything. It's just like the fight. Think
1: like and uh, I didn't know this. I I didn't know this until I started working for Bellator with with you and then doing the commentary. We were talking about, hey, how come I can't see the fucking angle I want to see. Like, why is the ref not that? Well, because the camera's not seeing the angle we want to see because the fucking ref's in the same position. That's where the ref should be. So when you see the camera bouncing around, it's because the ref's probably walked into the, the camera view and it's blocking your shot. So every camera, angle. yeah, they're taking the best angle. So they're doing their job. So when you say like, oh, shit, that's a great position. Well, it's probably because the ref was about to walk into that scene or into that shot. Yep. and scene <laughs> into that scene. scene like a porno like, like a porno scene or something <laughs> no but like he's about ready to walk into that shot and so they had to switch cameras to another angle yep. and so um yeah i didn't know that though until i started working with you and working with bellator and we started walking watching the all oh the, the, re-
0: re- the referees are, are the director's worst nightmare yeah they hate him. They oh them. They're, they're the best because it I was always, up, anthony Giordano yeah. from the USC always used to say john can, can you not stand in here i said no can't." so it, i said anthony you you want that shot, right? And he goes, yeah. And I said, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> he would hate me. That's yeah. Just the way it is.
2: But us. Next question is from Water Legend seventy two asking for Josh and John. Who do you think holds the lightweight belt at the end of twenty twenty two, and whose hands does it pass through? The end of twenty twenty two. Yeah. So wow, not the time. end of this year, but end of next.
1: Was, wow, it's a long time.
2: Do you want to see these rankings? Yeah, yeah I to. think
1: it's gonna it's gonna be. I think it's gonna at the end of 2022.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna say it's either gonna be Dustin Poirier or it's gonna be Islam. <laughs> wow, it's gonna be one of those two guys. Bless me. What do you think? And who holds it in between as well? I think I think it's gonna be Dustin. I, I would go with also Charles Oliveira, but I'd say like it be dust between Dustin and Charles Oliveira because both of them are hot. Dustin's been the more consistent. If You look at the fighters that Dustin has fought in, in his career period from forty five to fifty five. It's fucking murderers row. I don't know if I've ever seen a better roster of guys that he that of any fighter who's ever fought except for him. He he has fought everyone, all yeah. the best guys. He's beaten almost all the best guys. He's a fucking stud, and he's only. It seems like he's only getting better with his maturity in the sport. You know his losses. I mean, the Michael Johnson loss, but then he lost to Khabib. You know he had the no confidence to Eddie, but he was. I think he was winning that fight. I believe right. He had dropped Eddie, and then knee. yeah, he, stuff, he, he or, was doing.
0: He was doing well in that, and that was Eddie was had him in a position up against the cage, and there was an yeah. exchange of a knee to the head on the ground and stuff.
1: So. But scroll scroll down a little bit for me, please. So you got Yancey Medeiros, Bobby Green, Diego Ferreira, he, he lost to Conor, but then he uh Diego Brandau. go back up. Cubs he lost to Cubs Swanson a long long time ago. But then You're after he lost Yeah, a long time ago. When he lost to Michael Johnson, he went on his run. He yeah. beat Jim Miller, he beat uh then he had the no contest with Eddie Alvarez, then he beat Anthony Pettis, Justin Gaethje, Eddie Alvarez, Max Holloway loses to Khabib in the title fight. Beats Dan Hooker, Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor. I mean, he's fought the who's who in this fucking sport. And so if I'm going to stake my claim on who's going to potentially be the champion at the end, it's going to be either him or Islam. And I'm always saying Islam, not because I'm a homer, because I can see that they're trying to fast track him up to that position to at least get into that talk and that conversation. I think that has a lot to do with just the respect between Khabib and Dana right now. that's going on because Dana really wants Khabib to make a return. But I think Khabib, obviously, Khabib's done. And he knows that. So that's why this is Islam's time. They want to rush him to get to the title, so he's gonna fight Tiago. After he fights Tiago, I can see them potentially putting him against maybe either Tony, or I can see maybe in Benil. But the problem with Benil, Benil's managed by Ali, and so I don't think he's gonna want that fight. So I don't think it'd be a smart fight for Benil either. So I'm gonna say Islam's gonna make his way his trek up to that Very top simple. position.
0: Very simple here. First off. Don't disrespect Charles Oliveira. He's that. That's good. Tra-
1: I did. I did a little bit okay. there, John. Sorry.
0: And no, I'm not saying. Just I'm like saying, you respected, I, 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 you disrespect. I'm not, I'm not you saying taint. you. I'm it. saying people. Don't don't disrespect <laughs> Charles Oliveira. You know he's that good. Charles yeah. Oliveira is a handful for anyone. And Dustin Poirier coming up into that fight. You know, Dustin might be the favorite in the betting odds, but it ain't going to be a little by a lot. And that is a pick'em fight. Both guys are outstanding. Mm-hmm and Charles can win that fight just as easily as Dustin can win that fight. So that's the, the two that you know at the top kind of another step above everybody else right now. I think that if Islam gets past Thiago in this fight, I think his next fight's going to be Michael Chandler. I think that they're going to look to putting Islam against Michael Chandler in a fight. We'll see, but I think that's a, a fight that they would like to see because it's putting him against a guy that's got power, a guy that can wrestle, and let's see how you do against someone that can wrestle. I'm not saying that I don't think he can wrestle against Michael. I believe he can, but I think the UFC is going to kind of look at it that way. That's going to separate him from the Benil Darius, and that's something that Ali would like to do, like you're saying. So the the Michael Chandler fight works for him where the Benil does not work for him, and that's moving him up in ranks, getting him up into that upper five. So I think that's he's he's two fights away from being in that conversation yeah. of you know the top guy. So the real guy that is sitting there kind of in limbo is Justin Gaethje.
1: Yeah, I thought him and Chandler were scheduled or talking about
0: fighting. Well, no, they did it, it didn't it happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. So but here's
1: the, I heard Chandler was going to want to take time off a couple a couple some time off after his loss, which is which is to be expected. Um But. I, I thought I thought they were still targeting that Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler fight. That's I would a fan love favorite fight. I would love that's to see it. That's the fight I want to see.
0: I would love to see it. It would be a great fight. But if if they don't do that, then I'm looking. It's like, what do you do with Justin? You know, that's that's a fight yeah. where you know a guy that you know he can beat anybody on any given day, but they just well, don't he, have. He's them. managed by Ali as well. I know. Yeah, I, I would
1: know. say I would say Islam. I think they're gonna. I think. Ali, what he does is he just talks hella shit to the guys that he wants him to fight, that he wants his guys to fight. He yeah. gets on there, he talks hella shit to Tony Ferguson. He gets on there and talks hella shit to Conor McGregor. And those guys, what they do is they continue to go out there and fight his guys. Don't take those fights. He knows because <laughs> he sees a weakness in what you guys are doing. Like, don't do those. Don't take those fights. I don't, I don't know. Anyways, Tony, the, I, I think that the Islam, I think Ali's going to try to match Islam up against Tony. I think that's what he's gonna try to do
0: yeah that's but you, okay think about it if you're the UFC you're looking you put you take Islam a guy who's you know 19 and 1 we'll say he, he gets this win. he's 20 and 1 and I'm gonna put him against Tony Ferguson who's coming off or, you know, of several know three, lo-
1: three losses yeah yeah no but here's the thing he's still ranked higher than him so yeah you could say that I mean Islam's yeah. ranked number eight or something like that and I Tony's don't know. ranked number nine. F- six, oh, nine.
2: Islam's you know saying, so
1: yeah. i understand what you're saying i get it i get what you're saying i do but i think that Ollie's gonna make a push for the tony fight that's what i think or, yeah. or the or the uh or the rda fight i mean that's a good fight as well that would for, be for that would
0: be the and the rda fight is the one fight i'm looking at that justin gaethje i can see yeah. them taking and putting justin against rda that's
2: good we'll see i guess we'll see go ahead actually oh um sorry guys Sam McLean asks: Should Conor McGregor have stayed at featherweight longer, or just never moved up at all?
0: I don't think he could. Yeah, I
2: think I think he was losing so much weight
0: that in the end it was starting to uh, really get to him. I think he had to make that move up. You know, he's yep. he's not a small guy. You know, he's it's not like he's gigantic, but he's got a lot of muscle on him. He's got big, heavy thighs. He's very athletic in his build, but He's not a small frame guy that, you know, when you would look at him against, you know, people sit there and say, oh, he can't be a 170. Yeah. Now he's not a, a huge frame 170, but he carries it well, you know, and 155 is the perfect weight for him, I think. And 145 was take a look at, you know, some of the pictures in the weigh-ins and look at how just dehydrated, leaned out, nasty looking he looks. At some of those weigh-ins, you can only do that for so long before it yeah. really starts to have an impact on your health.
1: No, I agree. Yeah, I don't have anything to say. No, I don't think he should have stayed a featherweight. That's kind of the answer no, to the question. No. I don't think. I don't, I don't know if he probably could have, but I just don't think it would have been smart. I, I don't think he could have. I think the it other thing to, as well would you just, you. just knocked out Jose Aldo. The, no one else could touch Jose until he went in there and did that. Like, you just leave it alone. Like bounce <laughs> get out of there that's he did, he did he we're sitting here talking about should he have or you asked the question was should he have stayed at featherweight a little bit longer? no he, yeah you just knocked out who people thought was the greatest fighter at the time
0: or well, was the, no. goat he, that, the best... guy who's been the greatest featherweight there's been yeah absolutely
1: and he knocked him out in 13 seconds or something like that yep. so i think i think it was very well played by connor bounce out of there when you can make more money do all the things he did it he he, he was very fortunate to do everything the way that and needed to go for him to make a ton of money yep. uh what
2: else next question comes from ocean zero asks who asks for josh what was the hardest food to cut out when you were cutting weight <laughs> it wasn't so much food it was soda i have i have one of those i love soda man he yeah i was
0: Coke. That,
1: i do i love <laughs> i love i love uh i love cherry coke i'm a cherry coke guy i like dr pepper as well and i just started recently getting on this fanta kick the orange Fanta Orange Fanta. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I just, I can't, I, I actually I've stopped drinking soda the last since I got back from since before the Bahamas. So I didn't, when I went to the Bahamas, I didn't, I didn't have any soda there. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. That was the hardest thing for me ever. I would actually, I wouldn't stop drinking soda until about four weeks out the month out. I wouldn't stop. And I'd only have one a day for the last, like the, the two, three weeks before. I only have one a day, and I'd have it at lunch right after training with my chicken teriyaki, with my chicken, with my chicken breast and my and my uh, sushi. That's it. I would only, yeah. That was damn, that soda tasted good too. It was so damn good <laughs> right after training. I was like, "Fuck, this is amazing." This is what I do it for, thing. right
0: yeah, here. Not, yeah,
1: <laughs> fuck the title. This is what I want. The soda. <laughs> so, and it's weird after after the fight. Everyone's like, oh, but you went out and had hamburgers and this and that. I was like, no. You know, what? you know what I craved right after the fight? Every single time was just chicken strips and fries. I don't know. Every time I went, wherever we had my after my after party, I always had it at a restaurant. And uh, yeah, we always had it at a restaurant with family and friends and everything like that. But I'd always order chicken strips and fries. That's it. I always had to make sure the place had chicken strips and fries.
0: So interesting.
2: And then anytime, anytime I was picking up the tab, Johnny, it was a sushi place that you pick out. So just so you know. <laughs>
0: Noise on someone else's time. <laughs> I don't
1: think
2: Dave's ever bought me anything.
1: <laughs> it's a pain in my ass.
2: Uh, all right. I've, I've got a list of all these coffees to get a tally, actually. I've got to score Oh jeez. Yeah.
0: Hey, one you thing know, I will it. say, Josh knows where the good coffee is at. Yep. Definitely he knows. knows where the D- good coffee Dave is Dave
1: knows. Phil's coffee, baby, Phil's in San coffee. Jose downtown. Oh, yeah. oh, what else
2: you got for us, Dave? All right, next one's from a uh, Glass Fanatic, who asks, What's the closest thing to a double knockout you have seen? What are the chances we'll ever see one in MMA? Well, already seen, already him. seen
1: him, <laughs> I'd say the closest for me actually visualizing scene right there on the spot when it happened was Fedor and Matt Mitrione.
0: Yeah, that was, that's that the one. That's that one, that was I've seen him, one.
1: On, seen him on seen on videos where it's happened. You know, there, there's a, there's
0: the famous, and I can't even name. I can't name the fighters. I can name the referee because it was Shoni Carter who was the fighter, who was the referee for the fight. But there, there's a famous one of two guys. They both swing and they both connect and they both whoop. They go down and Shoni Carter comes in the middle and he's like. Like, what do I do? You know, and it's like, well, that's called a technical draw. Both wow. guys are out, you know, neither guy loses, but it's a technical draw,
1: which means neither one of them gets their win bonus. <laughs> Promotion just fucking just, just uh, got happy. capitalize. Yeah, so. what else? How many more? Four more?
2: Four more. Three. Um, uh, AB asks, Why is weighing in the longest and lankiest podcast out of them all?
0: Oh, I'll, let <laughs> Josh, I'll let Josh answer that one.
2: Well, because
1: John and I are a little long-winded, a little long in the tooth, buddy. So we're older. We like to talk a lot. And like I said, I've told you guys this over and over and over again. John and I started this podcast because at the end of the night, after every one of our shows, we were the last two at the bar, fucking still nerding out on fights. That's what it was all about. So, I mean, I never thought I'd be clicking with an 80-year-old and we just happened to click. And the fact that we can sit here and still keep doing it and we're having success, we fucking love it.
2: So longest in case has nothing to do with the fact that John's like seven foot nine.
1: Seven foot nine. Well, no, everyone's five six. <laughs> what you guys are about. Everyone's five six. Everybody. Come on, guys. Yeah, this is, uh, we do, we do like to have a long show. Um, We've had complaints sometimes, and we've also had a lot of people like, hey, keep the content coming. Look, I can do two shows, three shows a week if you guys want to break them up, but it just doesn't make any sense. Just sit down in your car, whatever it is you're going to do, and listen to the damn show. Just shut your holes, okay? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just sh- okay, there no, thank show. you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yeah. we're out,
1: right? Yeah, I love you guys. I love our fans, man. They're pretty good. Let's, you know, the, oh, comment sections, though, the comment section on YouTube starting to get a little negative. Let's tidy that up. Come on, guys. Let's go. Oh, that'll work. Keep it clean. All right,
2: let's go. Next Thanks. one um, from ACS Wild MMA. Um, Big John, did you consider GSP downward kicks as stomps when you refereed his fight?
0: No, they're called axe kicks and understand, okay, you are not allowed to stomp on any fighter in any position other than in the stand up position, you can stomp on the top of his foot. That's basically it. Okay. If you're, if a fighter hits the ground, you can't even stomp on his foot. You can't stomp on his hand. You can't stomp on his leg. You can't stomp on his body. But, and this is the question a lot of people always said, what? Well, if an axe kick, that's, that can hit with the bottom of the foot. Understand the, the terminology. It's called what? An axe kick. So if I'm allowed to kick the body, which I'm allowed to kick the body of a grounded fighter, I can't kick them to the head, but I can kick their legs and I can kick their body. So if I use a legitimate technique called an axe kick, and my heel comes down, and even the bottom of my foot comes down in that, and it's a legitimate use of that technique. We don't call it a stomp; it's a straight legged axe kick, and it's legal.
1: You just—you uh, this is just goes to show that fighters, like we don't know the fucking rules. No. You baffled me for a second. Go so ahead. if I take you down and you're on all fours, yeah. and I have my hands locked around your waist, and you're yeah. on all fours against the fence, and I yeah. stand up, but I still have my hands locked, I can't stomp your. I can't like stomp Nothing. on your, your ankle or anything. Nothing. That's weird to me. Yes. Yeah, see people are, thought, they don't know.
0: You can now can I drop stomp. my can
1: I drop my shin on your yes. leg?
0: Yes. Got it. You can kick me to the you can kick me to the body, you can kick me to the legs, mm-hmm. but you cannot stomp. That's so you can't weird. can't stomp any part. My my hands on the ground. You can't stomp on my glove. Can't stomp. Interesting. That's interesting to me. Yeah, I, I do, never
1: knew that. I know it's hard to stop from those positions. That's why fighters don't do it, really. Yeah. Uh, because I know they, they don't know that fucking rule. Because there's, there's well, no way. The,
0: and the real question is a lot of a lot of fighters are like, "So if, you know, in the stand up, you know, if he's standing up, why can't I stomp on something than his foot?" I said, "What are you going to stomp on? There's nothing there for you to stomp." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't work. You can't stomp his shoulder. You're, it doesn't work for you. So really, yeah. the only target you have. Is that foot? Because the only time you can use a stomp is against a standing fighter.
1: Yeah, interesting. I never. Yeah, I, I always wondered though, because there there was moments where, you know, when someone puts their knee across your ankle mm-hmm. and it turns your ankle out like a heel hook kind of yeah. position, and yeah. it hurts real yeah. bad. Oh yeah, it does. So I always wondered if you still had your hands locked around the waist to hold the person in the position, kept your shoulder on them, could you still stomp the ankle to you know kind of cause that little tweak in the knee real quick? Yep. Nope. Yeah.
0: If he's on the ground in any fashion that he's a grounded fighter, you cannot stomp on any part of him at that that time. Didn't know
1: that. I'm I'm geeking out right now. Didn't know that.
2: All right, out with us. The last one, again, sorry, it's for Big John as well. Uh, It comes from Florida Schultz, who asks, Big John, was there ever a fight you didn't want to be refing or didn't think it should be happening? yeah <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> absolutely oh let's go
1: well, let's many, go big john how many Name, there... give, give me the one with them that was the most high profile
0: oh well the people are gonna you know oh my god let's see you know kimbo slice versus dada 5000 i was gonna say i was Thank like you. i was like i don't want to do that fight now there's many fights that i've i've basically said i don't want to do it and then i'm given that assignment and i end up doing it because that's my job but you know many times and sometimes it's against you know it's the main event of a, of a big show bj Penn's going to fight yair rodriguez i didn't want to mm-hmm. do that fight i went in there and said man i don't want to do that fight you know uh gina carano was going to fight chris cyborg i went in there going i don't want to do that fight and i was happy when uh <laughs> when josh rosenthal got the assignment i was like yes so yeah. absolutely there's times you don't want to do and it's based upon certain things, you know, your, you know, personal feelings, or knowing someone at times, or real, or thinking, that's just not a fight that interests me. Yeah. You know, and at the time, uh, the Dada and Kimbo fight didn't really interest me. I didn't think it was going to be a good fight. I didn't think it was a good uh, representation of the sport, but it was what what it was, and so I got assigned to it, and I did it to the best of my ability at the time, and I almost killed both of them yeah so
1: but yeah. <laughs> it's
0: not good. but still
1: still one of the most viewed bellator fights in, right. in bellator history
0: yeah, see and that's where you look and you go it's yeah. crazy you know it's crazy yeah. and kimbo had that it was all kimbo and and uh kimbo had that that it factor and yeah but
1: Dada had a big following as well and there was a lot of hype that came around the the publicity they went back and forth on that oh yeah well, what was his guy's name something maddie ice
0: oh mikey the guy i, mikey see, ice. I see mike i see, I see mike. mike or whatever that's that to promote that's kimbo. kimbo's guy
1: yeah. yeah, I mean they just they had that Florida market just captured, and that's what they you know was you know? beautifully done in terms of how they marketed that fight. I mean here, uh, people want to go back and take and talk shit about that fight, but yet here we are, couple what couple what say ten years removed, eight oh, yeah? years removed, something like that, not even that, six years removed, and here we are fucking watching YouTube guys with zero fights, you know? <laughs> it's it's uh yeah, and you guys are paying pay per view money for it. Yep, insane, insane. So. Yeah. Anyways, I see I see a lot of what what uh, what that fight got a lot of heat for. People are now tuning in, and now it's headlining all the MMA news and the boxing news and all the other shit. So it's it's uh, we've come full circle of oh that's that's disgraceful to the sport. To oh shit, let's
0: pay eighty bucks for that fight. <laughs> Stupid.
1: Yeah. Anyways,
0: all right. L- let's let's be honest about this. You know, because you know I'm saying that I want it to be known. I loved Kimbo Slice. He was a great guy. He, he was. was fun to be around. He was a gentleman. He he had a great, great personality. So it wasn't that I didn't like him as a person or anything like that. I just looked at the fight. It was, it was the whole thing about, you know, the battle of the backyard brawlers from yeah. the Miami area and stuff. And it was, you know, Scott Coker was the one that put it together. He was brilliant in putting it together because people watched it. And really, yeah. when you're a promoter, what do you look, you're looking for eyeballs, and that's what he got. So it was obviously I was wrong and he was right. Yep, I mean,
1: no, he was good at what he did, man. They yeah. did a great job promoting that fight. Got a ton of what three and a half or four million views, I think is what it got, something like that. Great job in marketing the fight. You know, it was a really weird fight. Weird. <laughs> it was a really weird fight, but yep. it was it was very entertaining. If you were in the arena, it was it was fucking crazy. The <laughs> arena was going nuts. Yeah. It was nuts. Um, all right, guys. Well, hey, that wraps up our show. Hope you guys enjoyed that, that uh, fan Q&A. But first, click the link in the descriptions for the Clips channel and subs. Make sure you guys follow our shorts, our, our Wayne and Clips channel and our shorts uh, there. We've started the new channel, also, so hit that thumbs up there as well. Hit the subscribe button. Click the bell to stay notified on when we drop our new shows. The arrows are t- pointed down below. There's the bell. Hit the notifications. Boom. Also go to pro wrestling slash Wayne in use the promo code and still and pick up uh, any of our shirts that we have up there listed. I have some artwork coming in for a new shirt. Uh, the guy's just finishing the artwork that he started three months ago. He's just starting to get it finished up. There's a lot of details into it and stuff but this guy's an amazing artist. He, he does a lot of stuff for Marvel comic books and so it has a little bit of a comic book kind of feel to it. So Hopefully he gets that to me. Hopefully by the end of the week is what he's saying. He's trying to wrap it up by this weekend. So once I get that, I can get that scan and maybe we can make a shirt out of it. So that'd be a dope shirt I have. But um, I think that's pretty much about everything. What
0: do you guys think? I hope I don't have antenna on oh, nah, the shirt, you Marvel. Comes. But
1: you know what? I saw the the final, like, not the final. He's, he's like, I got a lot of touching up to do. But I saw you are huge. I guess that's why we call you Big John. <laughs> but in the video, like in the in the in the drawing, like you're huge. Like you. I put me next to you and you're a lot bigger than you, which is in reality though too but yeah it's, it's pretty it's a pretty good it's pretty good design I like it. All right, Hulk like. I
0: like that. Yes, yeah, Fair you enough. are Hulk like. Yeah. <laughs> Ugly. Green.
1: What else we got? <laughs> Nothing else. Podcast Dave, you got anything else for us?
2: Nope. Nothing else. Nope. nope. That's a I'll good just... nope. I know, it's going through my brain there. (laughs) Well, that must have been hard.
0: That didn't didn't take long. (laughs) Well, to everybody out there, thank you for listening in. Watch the fights. We've got the UFC. We've got Bellator coming up Friday, the UFC on Saturday. Enjoy those fights, and we will see you.